Welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited you have tuned in to listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I appreciate each and every one of you. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know that the Single Moms League has officially launched. We are accepting founding members at this time. So you can join at singleblackmotherhood.com forward slash community. Again, that's singleblackmotherhood forward slash community. So for those of you who are looking for a space outside of social media to connect with other single moms, and connect with moms in your area, this is the place for you. I will be bringing on podcast guests so that we can do deeper dives into these episodes and you can ask them questions live, okay? It'll be in a private setting, so it'll just be the members of the community along with the podcast guests. We will also do virtual social hours where we get to know each other, we get to share our wins, our losses, provide support and accountability. You get to ask your questions in a safe, judgment-free zone, okay? So no worrying about who's looking at your comments or anything like that because we are all single moms and we all get it. 15 moms have already signed up and I'm so excited for this opportunity to lead this community. So again, you can join today, singleblackmotherhood.com forward slash community. In the last episode, I got to sit down and chat with Elena Lopez, who is a licensed professional counselor here in the Houston, Texas area, as well as a registered play therapist. She talked to us about the basics of mental health for children, the conversations you can have, what the signs look like, and so much more. Definitely go back and listen if you haven't already. Today, I wanted to talk about what age we should begin to have the conversation with our kids around money. I asked this question some time ago on Instagram and the responses were very mixed. And so I started to do some research and what I've done today is put together a guide for us. And when I say us, uh, I'm talking about me too, because I wasn't educated properly on money growing up and I don't want to pass down the financial illiteracy I had as a kid to my daughter and I'm pretty sure you don't want to do that either. But before I get into the episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about this episode's sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Freshly. Freshly delivers healthy, never frozen, chef-prepared meals to your doorstep that you can heat and eat in under three minutes. I know eating healthy is hard when you're busy. Grocery shopping is not my favorite and cooking really isn't either because I have to go to the grocery store to get the ingredients. Then I have to prepare things and wash the dishes and put them up. By then, I'm like, oh my gosh, how much time have I spent in the kitchen? I totally could have done something else with my time. And this is where Freshly comes in. Each Freshly meal features a balance of complex carbs, 
nutrient-dense ingredients, and quality proteins, which keep you full of energy and feeling good. Eating healthy can require so much of your time and or money. It's not your fault that you settle on easy recipes, processed foods, or fast foods. The best time to start eating healthier was yesterday, okay? The second best time is today. So let me tell you what you will get with Freshly. Access to a rotating menu of meals crafted by a team of chefs, culinary scientists, and nutritionists. Each meal follows Freshly's food philosophy. Great taste, low sugar, fewer processed foods, and more nutrients. You'll only pay between $7.99 to $11.50 per meal depending on how many meals you order. Meals are packaged so they stay fresh for up to a week without having to freeze them. Meals just need to be microwaved for three minutes or less and they come out tasting like they're fresh out of the kitchen. You can save $15 off your first week by visiting tryfreshly.com forward slash experiencing motherhood. Again, that is tryfreshly, F-R-E-S, hly.com forward slash experiencing motherhood and I'll place that link in the show notes so now if you've been thinking about eating healthier you have three options you can continue with your current diet you can spend hours cooking complex healthy recipes each week or you can save time and let freshly deliver you healthy delicious meals each week that take under three minutes to prep Sounds like a win-win to me. Now, without further ado, let's get into this episode. I want to start off by sharing two quotes that I found to be (laughs) very fitting for this episode. Kezia Williams said, Failing to discuss money with your family is a recipe to inherit debt, not assets. Let that sink in. Paul Brunson said, those who have economic power control and influence those who don't. Those are two powerful quotes that speaks volume as to why we should begin to have these conversations with our kids if we haven't already. I believe the conversation around money should be started when our children are small. Some people are like, let kids be kids, but I wanted to invite you to shift your mindset just a little bit when it comes to money. A survey by creditcards.com found that one in four U.S. adults with children under 18 said that their parents provided no money lessons as a child. Did you get money lessons as a child? I told you earlier, I did not have the best (laughs) upbringing when it came down to money. So what if we looked at money as being a part of life? Just like we teach them personal hygiene, cleaning, cooking, working, we can teach them money too. Now, I understand that a lot of us didn't receive money lessons as kids, but it's never too late. You can start learning now and involve your kids in the process. I have, and (laughs) it's funny because I set a goal to pay off a credit card by August, right? And one of my favorite sites is debtfreecharts.com, I believe. 
But on that site, there are tons of charts that you can color in on your financial journeys. I printed out one for a credit card. So my daughter actually gets to see me color in little spaces every time I make a payment. So now she's like, did you make a payment yet? Or how much longer do you have? <laughs> so it's kind of like that added in accountability. But at the same time, she's learning about paying off debt by watching me make payments. So I want you to repeat this after me. My child will live a financially fit life. Did you do it? I believe that if we make money a more natural part of life, our kids will grow up knowing more and feeling more comfortable around money. Learning through play is huge. I'm not saying that you have to have these hard conversations with them, but there are some things you can do. Now, I told you that I've compiled some data into a guide that we can all use, but before I share that with you, I want you to understand that your kids learn a lot from your actions and what you say. They are constantly observing our behavior and building their habits around our actions. If you complain and stress about money in front of them, they will internalize this and have their own issues with money as they get older. <laughs> and I recall this time me and my daughter were in the store and she started to talk about a budget when that wasn't even something that I sat down and had a conversation with her about. It's just, you know, I can be talking to my friend on the phone and I'll say, yes, I'm on budget this month or I went over budget or something like that. You know, it's in the conversations that I have that she learns from. So I just want you to be mindful of that and work on your own relationship with money. Now, one thing that I see a lot of single parents do, and I'm not just talking about single moms because I have single dads that listen as well. This is for you. Stop buying the kids toys every time you go to the store. If you don't, they will think money is just an overabundance. Like you always have it and they can always get what they want. But anyways, let's get into this guide. From ages two to four, you can start teaching your child about money. Now, it may vary according to your child. Every child learns at different levels. But I believe once your child begins to count, when they start to say one, two, three, you can start showing them coins. Teach them how to count coins, sort coins, identify coins. There are tons of resources out there, free games, you know, YouTube videos, all types of things, worksheets that can color coins. You can help them learn how to recognize those coins and identify what they are. Pennies, dimes, nickels, quarters, you get it. Allow them to play supermarket in your house where they can learn the basics of shopping and using money to buy goods. Little kids love to play store and use little play money to buy stuff. You can even play restaurant where the kids get to pay the bill. Now, in your daily life, you can start talking to them about money. Like, if you pull up to the ATM and you're getting money out of it, talk about what that is. I had a conversation with my daughter the first time I went, but my daughter is very inquisitive. She loves to ask questions. So she's like, why are you getting money out of that? So I explained to her that that machine was an ATM 
and that I needed cash to pay the guy who mowed the yard because I was doing a favor for my cousin and where that money comes from, my checking account, right? Now, she may not understand all of that, but just having that conversation puts some things into perspective for her and we can build on that. This is also a good age for kids to learn that they may have to wait to buy something. So if you're in the store, and like I said earlier, you know, they want toys every time they go in the store, you're going to have to talk to them about that. Like, no, you can't have that right now. Or no, maybe next time. From ages five to seven, they will begin to pay attention to the value of goods and prices. You can start talking to your kid about how people earn money. Keep playing that supermarket game, but add a price to the items. Get you some paper, just you know, write the price on there with a marker and stick it on the items. That's how they will begin to associate price with goods. You can also get them some little clear jars and label them spend, save, and give. I know a lot of us like to get those little piggy banks and think that they're cute, but you know, once the money is in there, you can't see it. And for kids who are learning, I think that it's very beneficial for them to be able to see the money go in there and stay in there. (laughs) So whenever they get money, you can talk to them about splitting it into their jars. Now, some people say allow them to split it equally. Some say let the kids choose. I'm with the latter, okay? I'm not trying to force my daughter to equally put (laughs) um, $5 into her jars, right? But, you know, she may want to spend two, save two, and give one. And that's fine with me. It's important for us to not just talk to our kids about these things, but actually give them the tools they need to learn. This also gives us more opportunities to continue the conversation around money management. Now, they can take money from their spending jar and use it for small items like snacks or little toys. I don't know if you like to take your kids to the Dollar Tree, but I will take my daughter there maybe every other week and let her get a toy. She loves to spend a dollar or two on toys. (laughs) I don't know why. And it's like she doesn't even play with the toys but for a few days they can take money from their savings jar and purchase bigger items so for example if she wants a doll that is ten dollars or maybe this toy she wants that's fifteen dollars you know they can use the savings jar for that and then their give jar can be donated to a cause that you guys choose If you believe in allowances, this age range would be a good time to start them. I just want to say make sure if you do start an allowance, it's for things that they don't usually have to do. Because what you don't want to happen is the kids associating chores with getting paid. Like, I'm not going to clean my room because you didn't pay me for it last time. No, that's not how this works. So they need to understand that money is earned and not given. Allow them to use their money at the store when it's not busy, you know. Like, if you go to the store on a Saturday morning or something and there's not a lot of people there, allow them to use their money to pay for things. We like to go to our neighborhood CVS The associates there are so nice. (laughs) They're so patient with my daughter. So I've started to 
let her use her own money to pay for things. And the guy's like, oh, it's so cute. You're teaching her. You know, this is great. <laughs> so I'm not just telling you things that I've found and researched, but I've also tried some of these things as well. The kids learn how to make good decisions on not spending all of their money, even if they have some left at home. I remember my daughter brought in $5 at the store. Now, she likes to go to the Clara's section in CVS, and they had quite a few things, but a lot of them <laughs> were over like $3.99, right? So she was trying to debate on whether she should get the one item for $3.99 or whether she should get two items that were marked a dollar because they were on clearance. So I didn't say anything. I allowed her to make her own decision. When we got to the cash register to check out, she had picked up the two items that were on clearance. And she said, I made a good decision. I got two things that were on sale and I still have money left over. I'm like, yes, you made a really good decision. So you saved and you shopped the clearance or you shopped the sale. <laughs> Now, when you talk to them about savings, you can encourage them to set a goal. And it can be a small goal, like I wanna save $5. And they can even print out their own little sheet that they color and you can, you know, split that up into change, right? So they can put, you know, 50 cents in each time until they get to $5. And they can track that using the little sheet that they printed out. And my daughter loves to color, so this is good for kids like that. You, as a parent, can provide an incentive for them reaching their savings goal. And I mean, it can be a dollar or two dollars. You know, to them, this is huge, right? I know that a lot of our kids watch YouTube now. So it's also a good time to start discussing ads and how they persuade people to spend money. Because <laughs> if you don't, your kids are going to always, oh my gosh, I want this, or oh my gosh, I want that. And they don't understand what the ads are meant to do to them. And keep this in mind, I said introduce. You don't have to go into a full-blown conversation about ads, but just let them know what they are designed for. At this age, you can also open your child a savings account and encourage them to make deposits. You can talk about interest and how the banks pay people a little extra for saving their money. From ages 8 to 11, kids need to learn how to make choices regarding their spending. You can teach your child about this by reading the store's price label, looking at the size and price, comparing the bulk price amount, and making sure to mention quality. But if you remember, in the previous age group, you've already sort of introduced them to price, but you just want to go a little bit more in detail at this age range. You can even ask them questions aloud. Is this something we really need or do you think we could wait? I wonder if we can get this cheaper somewhere else. Compared to items, you know what? I can get 16 ounces of this tomato sauce instead of the eight ounce jar that costs way more. Should I buy this brand or should I just get this generic one? You know, just having those conversations out loud in front of them or including them in the discussion really helps. You can even buy a generic product one week and a brand product the next week and compare and contrast them with your child. 
let them help decide whether the brand name is worth the extra cost. I also think this age range is a great time to talk about paying for services like Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Although I have already introduced my daughter to Price because she thought that Netflix was free and I told her that I had to pay for it every month. And it was $9.99. So this is only if you hadn't already introduced your kid to paying for services, right? (laughs) Now, once they are familiar with brands, you can start talking to them about investing and what that actually means. Now, you'll build on this later, but just introduce it to them. You can also talk about debt and mortgages including them in budgeting decisions and savings for big goals like vacation. I remember when I was saving for a trip to Florida, I had a little clear frame that you can put money in. There's a a hole at the top where you just drop it in there. And my daughter could see that and she could see me saving cash money to pay for our trip. So I think that's super helpful. So they get to see that you work, you earn the money, you save the money, and then you get rewarded for that. You can actually use that money to pay for experiences, to pay for goods, and things like that. From ages 12 to 13, kids start to desire more independence and they wanna spend more time with their friends. Start teaching your child about building a basic budget and discussing their wants versus their needs. Now, if you don't already have a budget that works or you're not comfortable with this, then you may actually want to consult a financial advisor or have them watch a YouTube video about budgeting. And there are tons of apps and resources out there that will help your child build a budget. And this is just for them so they can learn. Now, if they go over budget after they've started, it's okay. Just let them learn. Don't try to bail them out. (laughs) It's all a learning experience for them. This is also a good age for them to start learning about credit. We already mentioned debt, but if you didn't start earlier on, interest, compound interest, and identity theft. They need to understand how their identity can be compromised when purchasing online or using public Wi-Fi or having their locations turned on on their social media posts. You get it. Now, as far as compound interest, your kids can do some calculations on investor.gov and they can play around with numbers to see, wow, if I save this, I could have this much in X amount of time. Typically at this age, kids don't want to save because they want to buy stuff and they're not thinking of long-term goals. You can discuss investing further by picking a stock and looking it up to see how it actually fluctuates over time. You can also discuss bonds at this age. I remember my grandpa introducing bonds and all I knew was that he purchased them and we could use them when we were 18. But that's it. I didn't know what the meaning of the bonds were or how they were a benefit to me or anything like that. You can also revisit the ad conversation, especially when they start to use social media. We all know how we are bombarded with ads on Instagram and Facebook. Even when you're looking through blogs, there's ads there. And want to talk about what influencers are and why they do what they do. From ages 14 to 16, 
It is time for the kids to get their first taste of financial independence. Let them start making their own money through small jobs such as babysitting, braiding hair, mowing the lawn, freelancing via Fiverr, and things like that. The options are endless. And these days, it's easier than ever for kids to start a business. And when I say start a business, it means that they are selling a product or providing a service. Teach them about paying taxes, how and why their money goes towards state and federal programs. Kids have to learn to contribute to the family. Now, when they have big ticket items to purchase, they need to learn that they have to start saving ahead of time. This is a great age for you to help them set up their first checking account and get a debit card. This is a great introduction to plastic, knowing that they can only spend what they have. They can learn how to check their account balance online before they make any purchases and they can make sure their money lasts. However, if you are not comfortable with a checking account at this age, you can get your child a prepaid debit card. Now, earlier we talked about spend, save, and give, right? When they were a little younger. So this is a great time for you to revisit that. See if they want to pick their own charity to donate to. Learn about what they do, how well they do it, and what percentage of donations actually support the cause. You can start to have the conversation around college to see whether they are actually interested in it. And if they are... Start checking to see what the tuition costs are for those schools that they're interested in. A lot of studies show that you should have conversation about college when your child enters their freshman year of high school. To some, it may be too early, but I think this is very helpful as well. You know, just providing that insight for them so they understand that college does have a cost, especially knowing that so that they can work hard during their high school years make the grades that they need and apply for scholarships so that if you have been saving for them, they could actually use that money for something else. I remember when I was in college, um, this girl, she came on a full scholarship and her parents had saved, I don't know, 20 or $30,000 for college. And she was able to buy a brand new car cash because of the money that her parents saved. It put her ahead of a lot of other people our age financially. Now, she didn't have to get a brand new car. That's just what her parents allowed her to do with the money. (laughs) So this is all about long-term planning and introducing that to your kids at this age. If you have been contributing to a 529 or some type of college savings, let them know how much you've been saving for it. And if you haven't, let them know what you might be able to contribute so they can be realistic. From ages 17 to 18, you can teach your child about building an emergency fund with at least three months worth of living expenses in an emergency savings account. Although six to nine months is ideal, they are just getting started. Your child can get a starter credit card at this age or you can opt to add them as an authorized user on your credit card. Some parents do this earlier though. I think some card companies will allow you to do this between 13 to 15. You just use your own personal judgment. But I want you to explain the concept of borrowing money with the credit card. Now, you've introduced this earlier 
to your kids if you've been having these conversations about money with them because <laughs> you didn't bail them out whenever they used up all of their money, right? My daughter, even at seven, she's quick to say, can I borrow it? I'll pay you back. And it's like, you don't have any money to pay me back. So <laughs> she's been introduced to the concept of borrowing early on, but we haven't had, you know, deep conversations about what that looks like with a credit card. Make sure they understand that if they use a credit card, it always has to be paid back on time and they should never borrow more than they have. Also, it's important that they pay the balance in full each month. Use your mistakes and lessons if you have to. Let them know how easily interest can put them in debt and how credit is built. There are other ways to build credit scores. Credit cards are not the only ways. You can have a conversation with them about car loans and mortgages. Now, if you do decide to allow them to get their first credit card, maybe they can add a Netflix subscription or something small that is paid automatically each month, not everyday items. If you are a parent that has poor credit, you may want to wait to introduce your child to a credit card until you are sure they can monitor it regularly on their own. And like I mentioned earlier, you can always opt to meet with the financial advisor with the both of you to answer any questions that you and your child might have. Consider that conversation that you started about college. Start to talk about different ways it can be paid for, including student loans, so that they are aware of the consequences for repayment. And I want you to remember three things. It's never too early to introduce money to your kids if you treat it like a normal part of life. No matter if you've made poor money decisions or not, you have the opportunity to provide your child with a better foundation. And if you find yourself with mental blocks around money, then I'm definitely gonna recommend that you seek therapy and counseling. There are a lot of studies around financial psychology and how our minds affect the way we spend money or our lack of saving. Number two, focus on the positive. You don't want your child to develop a mindset that they can never do anything because you all don't have enough money, right? Number three, the main goal is for you to teach your kids that money can be used to reach goals. It's not everything, but it can buy experiences and education. It can support businesses and charities, and it can feed your family. The more they know about where their money goes, the better equipped they'll be to put it where it matters most. All right, y'all, that is all I have, and I hope you were able to find this information helpful. I did when I was putting it together, so let me know what you think about it. If there are some things that you have already tried and they're working, let me know. You can always feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at singleblackmotherhood and email to singleblackmotherhood at gmail.com. And as always, you can like our page on Facebook, Single Black Motherhood, and check out the website, singleblackmotherhood.com. That is all for now. I'll chat with you guys in the next episode. Bye.